What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You know, it was a nice little break not having to talk about the Broncos, think about the Broncos. I didn't even watch the Jaguars. Uh, watch, live. Yeah, watch the Broncos. Yeah, like I didn't. I didn't even watch them live. Like this. Uh, Wait, you went back to watch it. Uh, I watched the highlights because they won. So I just wanted to see. Oh, how how did the Jags mess this up? And they 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 certainly messed it up. Trevor Lawrence um, stinks. Uh, right now, the best quarterback in that draft class right now is Justin Fields, which is ironic. That's not saying a lot, though. <laughs> like. To be to be fair, I do think Justin Fields has had the worst team out of all of them. I so heard... I think he kind of gets a pass. The, the past two, three weeks for Fields, he looks good. Like, just, just watching him play, he he looks he looks calmer than the rest of them. He just looks better. Like he it just works like he he should have been the third pick um by San Fran I think if San Fran would have taken him uh, he'd, he'd be, be the starter and he pro- yeah and he'd probably be having a huge year this year yeah maybe I mean I I forgot who was saying it but I was uh, I forgot what I was watching but they were like the Bears have done a huge disservice to Justin Fields because they're yes. I think it was Mangini uh, because they're they're making him into a thrower instead of really embracing his skills like the Ravens have with Lamar. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he's gonna have to throw, but like they're not really focusing in and maximizing what he does as a runner. And so now you trade for Claypool, and you're just gonna continuously make him to try and force the ball down the field. Yeah. When at least at this point in his career, that's not his strength. So I don't know. I mean, they did yeah, put up like thirty something points against Dallas, didn't they? So well, and and his. Like, his passing numbers aren't amazing, right? Like, that's not... But if you look at Dallas, he was 17 of 23, 151 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Rushing-wise, he had eight carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown. So he had, what, 210 yards, 211 yards, and three total touchdowns. Um, Against New England, 13 of 21, 179 yards, one touchdown, one pick, ran for 82 yards, and a touchdown. Um... Against Washington, 14 of 27, 190, a touchdown and pick, uh, ran for 88 yards. So, yeah, his numbers don't look amazing. His touchdown to uh, interception ratio isn't incredible. But when you watch him, the eye test, because I've watched Trevor Lawrence now, I think for two or three games, Zach Wilson for like three or four, and Fields the last two weeks. Fields, just the eye test looks better. Well, I think he's better in the pocket. Um, I think he he handles the ball really well. His arm strength is good. I, the the throwing it's a long throwing motion, and that's the only thing that bothers me with him. Is he brings the ball? It's not as bad as Tim Tebow, but it's it's a long motion, um, and he drops the ball below his elbow. So when you when you try to throw a football, right? You want to keep it above your elbow, essentially. For him, he when he goes to kind of like go back, he drops the ball down below his elbow and then goes around. Like a pitcher almost. So it's it's a little bit weird, and I just I wish he could speed that up and keep the ball above his elbow. But um 
I mean, overall, he just he looks like the better quarterback on a worse team. Yeah. Well, that whole class is uh, is not looking great, but except for Pat Sertan, of course. Um, okay. And Parsons. Then Michael Parsons, yes. Okay. Um, here, here's a question because I asked this. Uh, asked this. Um, I was talking to my brother-in-law about this. Would you rather have Patrick Sertan or Micah Parsons? Oof. That's tough. <laughs> it's, it's really tough. Uh, I, it's close, but I would go Micah Parsons. And the only reason is I just feel like pass rushers are more valuable, and he does more than just a pass rusher. Um, yeah, Sertan kind of cuts off half the field, but you see... He can he can cut half the field away. The Broncos are still losing, so I just I think Parsons can make more plays. Even if you try to go away from him, he's still making plays. You know what I mean? Like it's. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I think I just think a pass rush is more valuable. I think initially I'd lean Micah, but still though, like we've seen elite pass rushers also can be completely just but it's not out. just his pass rushing that's the thing it's well, not like he's not, he's, he's not a cover guy though he's better than von miller because he's not just a pass rusher because he played inside linebacker at penn state and he can play inside linebacker with dallas they move him everywhere i mean i haven't really seen him in coverage or anything like that well he had a pick uh but I don't know. A couple weeks ago, I don't. I I just think he can do everything. So uh, it is close, though. I would. I'd but say. Do it's you a value coin flip. pass rushers over over corners? Because I do. I'd say it's a coin flip because I've seen that pass rushers. We saw in Vaughn, even when he was still in his prime, that if you don't have a lead and you can't, your offense can't do anything, then they get pretty much nullified and they they disappear. I, I mean, I think either or. I mean, I'm fine with either or. I, I think it's if I if I like gun to my head, I had to choose. I probably slightly lean past. Well, rusher. if you get a lead, it's not like Pastor Tan's going to do anything. Or if you don't have a lead, I mean. Well, exactly. I think both of them can easily be nullified. You know, if you're if you can't stop the run, then you don't really. What's what's the point of having a shutdown corner if they can just run down your throat? But then again, if you can't, you know, get a lead though, and a pass rusher's you know, can't stop the run or, you know, they're always on the field and they're tired and they're worn down or they're quick passing it, you know, then, then they're nullified too. I would slightly lean pass rusher, but if I'm choosing between those two guys specifically, it's a coin flip. I'll take either or I, I don't care. Michael Parsons has 36 tackles so far, eight sacks, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. Um, he has two pass deflections. He doesn't have a pick. I think he had a pick, but it was nullified. Um, what is this? STF. I don't know what STF means. Uh, oh, stuffs. I don't know. But I, I think he'll be able to stuff a, a box sheet a little bit better than a corner can because he's closer to the well, line of scrimmage. He can get tackles. Even if you have sacks. to throw the... Right, but even if you have to throw the ball, you can completely avoid passer can. And I think that's the highest respect you can give any player in the NFL is if... I think well, yeah, quarter's the only to position them. to where when if they you don't want to avoid Parsons, you have sheet, to have a lead. Um, or I mean, you could run at him. 
Um, I don't know what his even then run defense is, or you can run away from him, or you can quick pass. Like you, there's things you can do, but I don't know. I mean, if I had to choose between those guys, I'm fine with either. Or I, I don't care either way. I think both of those guys are going to be they're on track to be potential Hall of Fame players. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying. Um, okay. Looking at speaking of pass rusher, looking at uh, Bradley Chubb. In that situation, the Broncos obviously trade him to the Miami Dolphins um, for a first-round pick, which was originally San Francisco's. So mm-hmm. you would figure that's going to be somewhere 25 to 32, most likely. Um, let's see. A fourth-round pick as well. Um, I believe they gave up a fifth. And Chase Edmonds. So Broncos acquired... The first round pick, fourth round pick in 2024 from Miami, Chase Edmonds, and they gave up Bradley Chubb in a 2025 fifth round selection. Um, I think we're both on the same page with this. I like the trade. You get a first round pick. I get it. It's a high first round pick. You know, what's that going to do? I mean, you never know. You never know what that could turn into. Um, And the Broncos could either flip that for more picks um, I heard some people saying, oh, they could move up top 15, top 10. I don't, I highly doubt that's going to happen, but maybe they could move up closer in the twenties, maybe in the late teens if they wanted to. Um, or maybe they flip it for, you know, a second, two seconds this year, or, you know, maybe a second next year. So either way, I think it was the right move to do your pass rushing situation. You already paid Randy Gregory, which that kind of looks like a miss, um, because of his injury history, and he's injured again, although he did produce when he was out there. Um, Baron Browning has kind of come into his own. I'm still kind of not completely sold on him, but he's, he's shown really good things. And then obviously you draft Nick Benito, and then you have uh, Cooper as well. You just weren't going to pay Bradley Chubb, I don't think. And he was really the only one outside of like Jerry Judy, and if you wanted to trade Pat Rattan, obviously. But of the tradable guys, he was the only one that possibly could yield a first-round pick and they get that. Um, so overall, I think it was a good trade. The Broncos aren't going anywhere this season. Um, doesn't make sense to try and turn things around. And I'm glad, at least, that George Payton didn't seem to be, even though he's saying, oh, we're not punting on the season. I'm glad he wasn't fooled by the win versus the Well, Jets. he did say something that I thought was funny. He said they would have made the trade even if they were 5-3. and three. That's bull. Um, You're 5-3, and three, you don't trade. You, you don't trade them. Give me a break. Mm, I, I see that, both sides. That was, a, that was a flat out lie. I see both sides. I see both no, sides of no, wanting no, 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 to no. keep it. You're five and three. Eh. You're five and three. You're yeah, but, trying to win. But you're, what, is, you're what does five and three look like, though? Because even their wins that they do have have all felt like losses to but me. Chubb has been playing great. Why would you play yeah, or why would you trade good. someone who's been playing great and you're five and three? It was a lie. Because of everything I just mentioned. You've already paid lie. Randy Gregory. You drafted it was Nick a lie. You have Baron Browning coming up. Um, Don't you're care. gonna you're gonna tie in all that money to two pass rushers. Plus, you've already paid Russell Wilson, so you have all that money there. In addition to the wide receivers you paid, I think maybe there was some semblance of a lie there. But for the most part, I, if he really does believe that, I mean, I could see why he would do it. Because then, even so, if you're winning. Bradley Chubb might be playing even better, and then you could maybe even field even more. So, either way, they ended up trading him. I think it was it's a good move ultimately. 
Now it's just up to, to George Payton to figure out what to do with said pick. Um, right. Good for Chubb. I mean, he goes to a winning organization. I mean, it's bold for Miami to 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 give him that amount of money. But, uh, I mean, for the foreseeable future, I mean, I could see Bradley Chubb potentially finishing his career as a Miami Dolphin. Because mm-hmm. I think he's locked up now for the next six or seven years. I think it's six yeah. years. Something I like mean, that. I, I think it was... Well, I, there was a team out there reportedly that it tried to trade two firsts for Brian Burns. I'm assuming that's Miami. Uh, because apparently... Miami's the only team to offer Denver at first for Bradley Chubb. Um, and they were definitely desperate for pass rushers. There wasn't really any better options for Miami. Um, I mean, I guess they they could have tried to go out and get Robert Quinn. Um, who did he end up going to? I believe Philly. someone grabbed him, right? Philly. So, like... But maybe they wanted someone younger, right? They wanted to to go with someone who um, who they could pay and, and have long term. So, I mean, if you couldn't get Brian Burns, I think, and you want to still want to go with the young route, I think Chubb was the best option. Um, and they they think they can win now. It's a good defense. Uh, it's a good secondary. Their pass rush has now gotten better. They believe in Tua. I, do they? I don't know. It, it's a it's a weird it's a weird situation in Miami because I think their team overall, I think they got the right head coach. I think they have great running backs. I think they have great wide receivers. They have a really good tight end. Their O line is really good. Their secondary is really good. They needed a pass rusher. I mean, can they make a run like Cincinnati made last year? I they could. They could. I mean, they've already beaten Buffalo once. You know, the if if they do meet Buffalo in the playoffs, they would have seen Buffalo three times, or it would have been their third. It would be their third time seeing them, which I think gives. I mean, I guess it gives both teams an advantage, but it. I do think it kind of gives Miami more of an advantage, because you're the underdog. You know, you don't have that pressure, right, uh, that Buffalo would have. So, and they, you know, and I don't think Kansas City is, I don't think Kansas City is unbeatable, right? Neither is Buffalo. Kansas City's defense is worse than Buffalo's. Um, they don't have the the game-breaking wide receiver. Uh, they have a great tight end, but I don't know. I, I think Miami is in an interesting situation. Yeah, and and plus, if they see Kansas City, Bradley Chubb has played Mahomes. Well, I guess he hasn't played Mahomes that much. He's been in the room, uh, on the team that has played Kansas City a bunch. So, I don't know. I, I, I think they are the third best team in the AFC. I just it would have to be. I think you have to hope that if you're Miami, somehow, some way, you avoid both Kansas City. And Buffalo until the AFC Championship game, and then you have a shot. Yeah, and, and that, like Cincinnati did last year. I think they're a good football team. I don't think they have a legitimate shot to to do anything. Um, I think they'll be in the playoffs for sure, but I I have no faith in in Tua as as being that guy who can can take that step. Maybe he can. I mean, maybe we've seen crazy things in the NFL where. 
guys can get hot and go on a run. You know, Nick Foles, Joe Flacco. But it's not like he has to do a lot because he does have mm, no. unbelievable weapons, and he has a he has a coach, a play caller, who makes it really easy for him. Yes, but there is going to be a game where he has to make a play <laughs> where he's going to have to outduel the other quarterback. And if you're telling me he has to either outduel Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, then I I don't have any right. faith. <laughs> right. But but that's he, not that's not on him necessarily because no. that that's the two best quarterbacks in the league. So if you're telling me right. any quarterback outside of those two has to outduel the, those guys, I don't really have much faith in anybody to to do that. Um, and plus, Mahomes has been there. Josh Allen has somewhat been there, but I mean he's emerging as if he's not one A, he's one B. So, I mean, I just don't. I, I agree with you that they're the third best team. Um, I just think we have to see them there to, to be in the moment. And it to me, they feel not like Philly because I think Philly's better. But yeah. Yeah. there's in the NFL, like you, there's growing pains you still have to go to go through. Like we don't we don't see a Cincinnati situation a lot where like it's a young team who has never really been there just completely get hot. We've seen teams get hot. But it's usually a veteran team, like the Green Bay Wild Card team or the Giants. Um, you know that Raven team with veterans all around. Ed Reed uh, was Ed Reed on that team. Ed Reed, I don't think was on that team. But like Ray Lewis and those guys. So it's not impossible. I just don't believe in Miami. But I mean, good for Chubb. He at least goes to an organization to where they're winning right now. Things are good. It's now it's on him to, unfortunately, stay healthy. Like I mean, that's something really kind of. It's somewhat in his control, but it's not. Um, I guess getting to just his career overall, because a lot of this was kicked around in like local media this, this week or whatever, is Bradley Chubb a bust? And to me, a lot of some people say yes, some people say no. I don't quantify or qualify, whichever it is, him as a bust necessarily, because it's not like he didn't. To me, a bust is somebody who you pick them high. And they just don't have the talent or skills to do it, to, to play at the level that you thought they could. I don't think that was ever the issue with Bradley Chubb. I just think with him, it was just he could never stay healthy. So I wouldn't necessarily say he's a bust, but did he fulfill what a top five pick should be? Absolutely not. So, I mean, I guess that is a bust, but I don't know. I don't think it's the typical situation where we it, label No, it's, it's not. He's not Paxton Lynch, right? right. Paxton Lynch was a bust. Bradley Chubb himself is not a bust. The Broncos drafting him was a bust. It was, because they could have had Josh Allen when they needed a quarterback. Yes, but again, with that, no, hindsight no, is no, 2020. No, it, no hindsight not is hindsight is 2020. No. Yes, he was no. not, he was not highly touted. He was drafted that far back. He was picked two back. picks later. He, but he wasn't, not, he wasn't the Josh best Josh Allen wasn't a third-round pick. But he was not the best out of those guys at, a dar- at that time. He wasn't the best right. out of Darnold, but Baker, But what I'm Rosen. saying, though, in that situation, you need a quarterback, and the next best one had the strongest arm of the group, was the tallest of the group, right up John Elway's alley, but because of the Paxton Lynch situation, yeah. John, Lin- or John Lynch, go that Elway way. was scared. Absolutely. He was scared. But Elway, there was, I, I actually read, uh, read about this. Elway never once... Went to watch Josh. Went to go watch Josh Allen. Um, I thought never. they did at the Potato Bowl or whatever it was called. Keen Elway never went. 
all the Broncos of, uh, did. I'm pretty the, sure. the Broncos went. The, the uh, couple, well, a couple of the scouts went. Yeah. But Elway never went himself. Right. And I just don't think, in his mind, and in his mind, he he probably thought, well, I'm just gonna grab a veteran and do what I did with Peyton. He gave up, right? He gave up in trying to find that quarterback. So, but at, at the same time, you got to do your job. You got to go watch the kid. Because I, I do think that if he would have gone and watched him and did his did his due diligence with, with Josh Allen, I think he would have picked him. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. Because at that time, the, the buzz on Josh Allen was, yeah, he has all these physical tools, but he's super inaccurate kind of all over the place. Kind of like what right. they were saying about Patrick Mahomes coming out of Texas. But it's not but it's also not like Bradley Chubb. Like Bradley Chubb, a lot of people really liked him. Uh probably out of the Bradley draft, Chubb, he was being described as a generational talent. Right, but was injured throughout his whole college career. Yes. So, I like what do you think is going to happen? I mean, come on. He went with the sure. He went with the conservative. It wasn't sure a sure thing. thing. It wasn't. Conservative sure thing. He went. A sure thing is someone who's healthy his whole college career as a generational talent. I, it, it was a it was a bad pick. It was a bad pick. Well, and yeah, especially I mean, when you had now, yeah. it was a bad pick, especially when you have Von Miller and Shaq Barrett and everyone was loving Shaq Barrett. Everyone. I just don't think they were gonna pay. They weren't gonna pay Shaq. So, I mean, well, you spent a top five pick and basically and, spent and that money fair, anyways. Too though, Shaq. I mean, outside of that, that great year he had, I think his first year there, and then the Super Bowl year. I don't think he's, and obviously he's hurt this year, but I don't think he's really turned into. Like a premier, like he's still a really good pass rusher. But. He's still really, but what my point is is you didn't need Bradley Chubb. Well, no, and that and that falls back into I think it was a and and here's a, here's a another in, thing in different areas. Here's another thing: your offensive line was crap. Quentin Nelson went the pick after Josh Allen's right after. You needed inside linebacker. Roquan Smith went right after. Minka Fitzpatrick was in that draft. Vita Vea, Deron Payne. Good lord, this draft class is incredible. Terwin James, Jair Alexander, Frank Ragnow, DJ Moore, Pro Edmonds, Lamar Jackson, Nick Chubb, Jack Leonard. Is 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 Bradley Chubb better than any of those guys? Um. Uh, well, I mean, some of those guys, no. He's he's not, but I some mean, he none listed, of them. He listed like twelve people though. So. Well, he's not better than Deron Payne. He's not better than Vita Vea. He's not better than Minka. He's not better than Roquan. He's sure as hell not better than Josh Allen. Not better than Quentin Nelson. Not better than Jair. Not better than Derwin. Maybe he's better than Tremaine Edmonds, but Tremaine Edmonds is playing great in Buffalo. Wow, Buffalo nailed that class. They got Edwin. They got Allen at seven and Edmonds at sixteen. Goodness. You lock up your middle linebacker and your quarterback in the same year. I don't know. I mean, I yes. Is it a bad pick? Yes. But I can't. I can understand. Doesn't mean I agree, but I can understand why John was gun shy. Um, I think that twenty fifteen defense again it skewed not only the front office's perception of how they could win, 
but also fans' perception of how they could win. Mm-hmm. That way was just never going to be sustainable, but you continue to try and recreate it and recreate it and recreate it, and you can't do it. There's a reason why the the elite defenses, right, like the 85 Bears, 15 Broncos, the 2000 Ravens, there's a reason why there's only one year attached to those defenses. It's usually the years in which they won it all because it's hard to recreate. Like the 86 Bears were better statistically than the 85 Bears defense, but they didn't win. So it doesn't matter. And so you fall into this trap. So I I get in a sense, why John was gun shy. He was scarred for the Prax and Lynch thing. At that time, Chubb, maybe it wasn't the sure thing, but it was the safest pick. And so he went that route. Obviously, it didn't work out. Wasn't necessarily because Bradley Chubb was a bad player. It's just because he couldn't stay healthy. Um, and I think if you look at it today, is Bradley Chubb a premier pass rusher? I wouldn't say that, but he's a good player. Like, am I hurt that Bradley Chubb is not on the team anymore? Not necessarily, but, you know, it's it's things that were out of his control. But I think the Broncos, they did well. I think it was good to get a pick. They made another trade, too. Um, I think they swapped picks with, like, the Jets or something like that and got a pass rusher. Um, so, I mean, they, they did a few things like that. But, I mean, I think everybody pretty much knows. This, this team's not going anywhere this year. You're pretty much stuck. Um, the Russ contract has you pretty much hostage at this point and you really your only hope is that he figures it out and it's not a decline and it's just a dip i don't know what it is to be honest with you no idea hopefully they figure it out otherwise they're going to be sellers again this time next year and this time it's probably jerry judy you know whoever else at that point um okay they're on a bye week this week, so <laughs> nothing to preview there. So we can get to our NFL picks. Listen, I'm starting to gain a little bit of distance here. Came into this week of five games. Mr. I'm never going to forget to text in a pick this year. Forgot to text in his pick. And now, oh, lo and behold. I was playing with the puppy. Well, I got in a, a legit reason. Priorities. Um, now I'm up right. six games, so I don't know. You've, you've got some work to do. You're, you're lucky that they added another week to the season cause you got time. Plus even, even though I get these leads, I always seem to choke it down the stretch you do. and you do. it gets super close. Um, but this year I'm hoping I don't do that. Uh, so Philly obviously beat Houston. Um, AJ Brown, another solid game for me. Love that. Um, Calvin, get ready to catch this hot L this week. Next game we have on the docket, Atlanta versus the Chargers. The Chargers are going to be without both Keenan Allen, who had a setback with his hamstring, and Mike Williams is out, so not ideal there. Atlanta is one of those teams. They may not be a great team, but they're definitely not a team you can just overlook. Um, This one's in Atlanta, too. This feels a little dangerous for for the Chargers. I think I'm leaning Atlanta right now. What's the what's the line on this? Oh wow, the Chargers are favored by three still. On the road, mind you. I don't know. Two receivers out, and I saw Palmer's also kind of gimpy as well. So they could be down. They could be down three guys. JC Jackson's obviously on injured reserve. Joey Bosa is still out. 
I'm gonna take a risk. I'm gonna go Atlanta here. Um, yeah, that was my pick. I'll go Atlanta. It just it doesn't feel good for the Chargers when I don't know how they're still three point favorite on the road with two starting wide receivers out. Interesting. Uh, Miami versus Chicago. I don't think Claypool's going to make that much of a difference in his first game with Chicago. I'm going to go Miami. Maybe Bradley Chubb uh, a few sacks. Yeah, I'll go Miami too. Um, Carolina versus Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati's going to be without Jamar Chase for a little bit. Um, still think they're better than Carolina, although the P.J. Walker throw <laughs> last week, that was insane. Patrick Mahomes said that that was the best throw all season. I mean, that was an absolute dime. And then, uh, who? which more is that? Is that DJ Moore? Yeah, DJ Moore. Um, He's awesome. Takes his helmet off and gets a 15-yard penalty, which is kind of, yeah. kind of bummer. Which, but. by the way, uh, by the rule book, that was, should not have been a penalty because he was not in the field of play. Well, and even then, too, like, I, why is that even a penalty, though? No idea. Like, I mean, I could understand it if, like, he just got a first down and he takes his helmet off. That's and he, a like, college penalty. Yeah, like, if he takes it off and he slams it on the ground after, like, a first down, I guess he, like... in the end zone after losing because he was wide open. I, I mean, even well, even that, but, <laughs> I mean... I just had... It was right there. Yeah, Sorry. Okay, Jay. I mean, even then, though, like, is that really <laughs> a penalty? Like, I don't, I don't know. I think that's kind of bogus. I'm going to go Cincinnati, though. They're a seven-point favorite. Whoa. Yeah, I'll go Cincinnati, too. Um, Green Bay versus Detroit. I I don't know. I don't know with Green Bay. I absolutely don't know. Detroit's defense uh. is, is in shambles. Um, but Green Bay is... They're bad. They're, they're really bad. I mean, that's what happens when you don't have weapons. Uh... Um. Uh, they lost to Buffalo, but they, they played Buffalo semi-tough last week. Well, I think Buffalo tends to uh, take their foot off the gas pedal there. They um, lost to Washington the week before that, and then they lost to the Jets. I, th- You know what? This is the week that Green Bay gets off the schneid. I'm going Green Bay. Yeah, I'm going to go Green Bay too. I just can't, can't take Detroit there. They can't lose four games in a row. Right. Uh, looking at you, Golden State. Um, Indy... Versus, to be fair, none of their top three guys played last night. So that was probably yeah, the reason well, for the, the night loss. before they lost to Orlando. So. Yeah, that, that one's not great. I, I have nothing for that one. So <laughs> I have, I have <laughs> They no gave Orlando their first win. Yeah. I'm I pretty mean, sure, right? That's, uh, that no, I think that's their second Was that their second, second win? win? Maybe. Um, but Suggs, yeah, the second win. Suggs went off, so he had a, he had a great game. Um, and then Ban- Bancaro, Banchero, whichever it is, had a good third quarter. So, um, yeah, Golden State struggling. But nobody in their right mind believes that they're done. So uh, we can talk about that a little bit later. Indy versus New England. Um, how's your guy Jonathan Taylor doing? Uh, he's not going to play this game. <laughs> so he's, oh. uh, he's, I had Aaron pick up his backup, though. Yeah, see, that's I learned my lesson from when I, I um, I'm not picking him up because there's no point. <laughs> well, I told yeah. Aaron to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you you have your team has nothing to live for. Um, no, I learned my lesson with Derrick Henry last year coming off of that big year. 
if you if a running back has an exceptional year, do not draft him in fantasy the next year. Unless his name is Adrian Peterson. Yeah, but even then, even then he got hurt too. Yeah, don't just don't do it because the next year, especially if they're like top of the league in carries, because the next year they're just bound mm-hmm. to just nosedive, and that's what Jonathan Taylor has done this year. Um, ankle injury this time, keeping him out. He just hasn't been healthy this year. Have to wonder if it was all those carries last year starting to catch up to him a little bit. Um, I'm going to go New England in this one. Huh. Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, doesn't matter. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Um, Do it. Hmm. I just don't like Mac Jones, man. Um, he's so bad. I saw a video yesterday on Instagram where it was like every QB in the NFL is Kirk Cousins, and it showed different slides. It was like Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins' cousin, and then it was like Mac Jones, young Kirk Cousins. Ah. Uh. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close my eyes and throw a dart. Pulse. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't throw a dart with that team. That's for sure. Um, well, I wouldn't throw a dart with the Patriots either. So. Well, they're four and four. To be fair, they're at least. Five yeah, and the Colts are three and four. They have just as many losses. Yeah, but they don't have as many wins. So huzzah. With with a lot more injuries. Uh, oh. Touche. Okay. Well, when they lose, don't say I didn't warn you. Um, Buffalo versus New York. Buffalo. Jets, Don't need to talk about this one. Okay. Uh, you know, I know you love Zach Wilson, so I didn't know if, you know, maybe there's a little glimmer of hope. Um, no, Minnesota no. versus Washington. Ah, man. Washington's four and four. Yeah. Taylor Heineke is, it seems like every time he plays, he just plays really well. <laughs> I don't know what it is. He's like, he's like aggressive Case Keenum. And They've beaten the Bears, the Packers, and the Colts. Okay, N- not not good teams. So no, no, and they could barely beat the Colts. Listen, you're you're Minnesota's enemy this year. So I don't know. Um, I'll go. Gosh, I'll go Minnesota. <laughs> I'm picking Minnesota too, but I'm gonna be very angry if they lose because of you. So yeah, it's it's definitely swapped. Yeah, no, I think you're. I'm pretty sure you're over on the Minnesota but games this year. I, I, it's, it's close. I might have one, but it's yeah, it's been kind of crazy. Um, I'm now. I'm curious. I'm gonna have to go back and count that at some point. Uh, Las Vegas versus Jacksonville. I don't. I picked the Raiders last week, and they absolutely got demolished. I'll go Jacksonville. Really? After all of that nonsense, you were talking about Trevor Lawrence, huh? Yeah, but the Raiders stink. The Jacksonville stinks too. Yeah, they they're both two win teams. Um, Darren Waller's questionable. Ugh. I don't feel great about this game whatsoever. Uh, Etienne had a great game last week. He's really good. And their their injury report is significantly smaller than the Raiders. <sighs> Raiders are a two point favorite on the road, though. 
but they're own four on the road. Is one of these maybe teams... they're maybe they're due. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like Jacksonville is good at home. So you know, Jacksonville, they're coming off of a longer week, right? Because they had to no. Well, I guess well no, they they flew back from London. Yeah, they flew back from London. Uh, ooh, oh, hold on. I was gonna say that, maybe uh, a longer week, week, maybe more time to prepare. No, they had a shorter in. week. The Raiders didn't play last week, right? They're coming off a no, bye. No, right? they did. no, no, they played. It didn't didn't feel like oh. they played, but they played. Okay. I, I watched Red Zone. I never saw them, but well, maybe that's yeah because they didn't score. <laughs> they didn't score. Yeah, yeah, that's why. That's why you never saw them. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't score. I mean, Jacksonville made the the Broncos' offense look good. So. Uh, originally, I had the Raiders here. I'm gonna go Raiders, but I, I don't feel great. Uh, I forgot about the whole London flight. Um, uh, I'm gonna stick with my go. I'm gonna go with Jacksonville, but yeah, that London flight scares me now. I th- I, th- I think Jacksonville probably wins that game, but um, if, if it if they didn't come if they weren't coming back from London, I'd I'd say Jacksonville for sure. Now I'm a bit nervous, but I'll I'll stay with it. Um, Seattle versus Arizona. I'm going Seattle here. I mean, that team's riding hot. Yep. I'm going to go Seattle too. Seattle might, they're going to be possibly six and three. I mean, that's, that's nuts. It's absolutely nuts, but good for them, I guess. Um, Rams, Tampa. I mean, both these teams are having a down year, but Tampa's really having a down year. I'm going Rams. Interesting. Um, I'm gonna go Tampa. Okay. Uh, Tennessee versus Kansas City. I don't City. feel good about that one. Yeah, I, I, I listen. I'm not making my bed with Tampa. That's for sure. Shaquille Kansas Harris City out. is 13 point favorites. Yeah. Wow. They'll probably win by 10. Maybe like a last second field goal or touchdown. Yeah. Gets it close. I mean, but. I'll go Kansas City, but Tennessee's five and two. How they are not a good team. Vrabel is just an incredible head coach. Well, Malik, that's the Malik only. Going to play this week, I think too. So that is, I mean, they still won last week, right? With Malik yeah. Willis, I, I don't get it. That's because they are they not a good team. Derrick Henry forty times. Yeah, but even then, I, I, that just shocks me. They stink. Uh, That's a bad team. team. <laughs> That's a bad team. Oh, we'll, just we'll see the, them up close and personal you know in a couple they're weeks. They're the best team in a bad division. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's what that is. That's Great. why they're five and two. Yeah, they're gonna get smoked by Kansas City. I actually kind of want to go Kansas City minus twelve and a half there. I the but, Titans stink. The Titans are gonna smoke Denver here next week. So, oh, one hundred percent. Like, if if we couldn't stop Etienne, <laughs> what, what do you think six three Derrick Henry's gonna do? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, four hundred yards rushing. I would just run power O Wildcat with him, just bang it up the middle the entire time. Um, all right, we're both on Kansas City for that one, and then Baltimore versus New Orleans. I'm gonna go Baltimore. I'm gonna go New Orleans. So we're actually differing on like four games this week, I think. I like uh, New Orleans this week. Indy, New England, Jacksonville, Raiders. 
Tampa, Rams, New Orleans, Baltimore. So you could either cut into it or down by nine. Yeah, it's going to get real bad. So we'll see. The one I, I don't feel great about the Raiders one, and I don't feel great about the Baltimore one. Uh, but I don't two, feel I great about the Jacksonville one. Um, and I'm I don't feel great about the Bucks one. I'm surprised. <laughs> so I'm opposite. With, I'm surprised you're rolling with Tampa. I mean, that's a team that's in shambles yeah, right now. But Shaq Barrett. Rams. Out. Rams. I've, the Rams have the worst. I, I think um, yards per play. There's a stat out there. I think it's yards per play. They are the worst team in football. Worse than the Broncos. That's, that's not good. You don't want to be worse than the Broncos at anything. Yeah, Offensive. Right. I don't. I don't know who's going to cover um, Cooper Cup, but we'll see. Okay, so that's going to do it for Pickham. Um, now to the ones they call Nuggets or Nuggets. Uh, nuggets win last night. Was it last night? Or was that the night before? Night before, I think, against the Thunder. Yep, night before. Uh, 122-110, that's a team that seems to... The post-Russell Westbrook Nuggets, or uh, Thunder, seem to just play the Nuggets exceptionally well. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, the Nuggets were blowing them out by like 15 for the majority of the game. And then, of course, Nuggets have an abysmal third quarter. Fourth quarter comes, Thunder take back the lead. But then 27 comes back. And... <laughs> if, He's, man, he... If anybody... Best. That, like that three that he took that step back. Oh, really? His entire God. his entire I mean, stint on the floor with Jokic out was just that's vintage Jamal right there. And like th- this is what they were missing. So yeah. with well, not only with like MBJ's shot making, but the, it's, the impact. It's the fourth. It's the fourth quarter when they need a bucket. He's I the guy. I wouldn't even say just that. I would just say not even it's just limited the to the fourth yeah. quarter. But when Cause, they cause the Nuggets, because last year there were there were five minute stints where they just couldn't score. Yeah, it's usually when Jokic mm-hmm. was on the bench. <laughs> usually, but there were times when he was on the floor and they couldn't, right? Because he'd get doubled and there's just there's no one out there. No one could create. Um, MPJ's he, MPJ can't really create his own shot, although no. he has been better this year than previously. Um, he's had, he's had moments, I guess. Um, but no one else on the team, in my opinion, cannot other than bones, I guess, can't really create their own shot. And that's what they really missed from Jamal. And it's not just create, like, it's not like he creates a lot of space (laughs) either. He just makes it, uh, he's, I mean, what we're eight games in. He's he's definitely you can tell he's definitely gaining more confidence as we go. Um, I feel good about what I said a couple weeks ago. When I said it's essentially a forty game preseason. I think it's going to take him about half the year to get back to what you know we expected from Jamal. Um, what I think right before his injury, right that that Jamal that was heating up. Uh, I think we're I think it's about a 40 game essentially preseason for him to kind of get going. Cuz he still went what 8 of 19. He started off a bit slow. Mm-hmm. Uh his defense is a bit slow too. So it's still going to take some time, but the tough shots 
I'm I'm shocked. I, honestly, I am shocked how many tough shots he's hitting. Yeah. And taking, by the way. He's taking yeah. a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's he. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say he's back. There was a lot of people saying, no, oh, Jamal's no, back. I don't think he's back, but he definitely had. That, that was vintage Jamal. And he ultra aggressive. Um, the first shot I saw him hit, he takes a guy out to the three-point line. He's dribbling through his legs, and it's a step back three. And I was like, oof, that was nasty. And then he proceeds to do more. He gets the dunks. He gets the fading turnaround free throw line jumpers. Mm-hmm. And then when he takes the guy on the opposite end of the court, the next quarter to the three point line, drills that one in his face and then turns to somebody in the crowd and says, something. yeah, that was awesome. I was like, well, okay. Yeah. He's, he's back. <laughs> so did you, did you see what he said after the post game? Uh-uh. He asked him what he said. He's like, I don't remember. I, yeah. I blacked out. <laughs> yeah, I bet he did. He, that's, that's why everybody was, at least locally, was making such a big deal about the Nuggets being, you know, yes, they have Jokic. Yes, he's the MVP. But you don't realize what you lost. Well, at least some of us did. Um, but you, I guess you don't realize what you lost until it's not there and then you see it again. He just does things that are different than anybody else on the roster. Um, he's, without question, the heart of the team. Um, he's the tone setter of the team. And when you need a bucket, throw it to 27. Well, I think you can throw it to 15 or 27, but when 15's out, I mean, 27 can, can make it happen. And he, he did. Jamal just looks fantastic. He's his value to this team, I think gets underrated. Um, and I, myself even forget it at times, but when he does that in these moments, it's huge. And I'm, I'm happy for him. He played great. He looked great. Um, MPJ, I thought, had had moments too. Um, I mean, seeing him dive on the floor for loose balls, even though I'm like absolutely terrified when he does. Um, and then he got elbowed in the back on one of them, and I was like, oh, great. There he goes. He's, he's not getting up. And he got up, and I was like, oh, all right. Um, but seeing him like give that effort, he's still, you mentioned the shot creation. He's just, I just wonder if this is just what he is. I just don't think he's going to be an elite shot maker, like shot creator. Um, one, he's, he's not laterally quick. His handle just isn't good enough. And I don't know if it'll ever be good enough. Um, but I mean, he's just an elite shot maker. And when you can do that, that'll, that'll keep you on the floor. So they look good. Aaron Gordon, I mean, 27 points. He's had a lot of these games sprinkled throughout his tenure with the Nuggets to where he just gets on a heater and some nights he has it from, from three as well, which is awesome i mean 27 points five boards he was all over the place um i was listening to uh the pod the locked on nuggets podcast with matt moore and um adam Mares. i don't know if you listen to their pod but they're talking about his defense hasn't been great this year i haven't really noticed it too much um but they're wondering if maybe he's just trying to like ease himself into it or maybe because he's being ultra aggressive this year offensively maybe that's taking away from his his defense I don't know. I know the Nuggets are struggling, though, defensively. And I texted you this after the game that night. That or Was it this game or the game before? I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, this game. Um, the defense is, is concerning. It's extremely concerning. Like, they're just letting... Like, Shea Gale, first off, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is insane. He only has yeah. one move. But that dude is... He is a bucket. But... They're letting guys like Josh Giddy and Lou Dort just walk to the 
to the layup line. And I'm just like, how do you just get dominated by these guys? They can't keep anybody in front of them. And my concern, and I get it, we're only eight games in, so it can get better. They have individual great defenders. But if if they're going to continue down this road and things don't clean up, you can score, but eventually you're going to have to stop the Devin Bookers, the Jason Tatums, um, those type of guys, the Stars, the Zions. I don't know. How, if you can't keep Josh Giddy in front of you, how are you going to keep those guys in front of you? I don't know. It's a it's a slight concern. I'm not overboard panicking, but I'm at about a four right now. I'm at a one. Um, one, because we're in game eight. Uh, if we get to game 60 and it's still like this, yeah, I'll be concerned. Um, there was eight new players on this roster. Eight. And uh, out of the out of the top, let's see, how many players played uh, decent minutes last game? Out of the top ten, one, two, three, four, five played last year. Five. And Devon Reed played eight minutes. He's terrible. Zeke Naji played five because he got hurt. So really, three guys with five points, two or four. Three of those three guys that played against Oklahoma City, three of them, (laughs) who had ten minutes or more, played last year on this team. Three. It's gonna take time. I think offensively, it's easy because Jokic makes it easy. And you have individual players like Jamal. And by the way, Caldwell Pope, I kind of like that. I think he can actually create his own shot, too. He's been impressive uh, offensively for me. Um, He's not just a shooter. But, like, offensively, they have individual talents who can kind of, they can get it going and, and, and Jokic... Jokic can play with anybody, and the chemistry-wise, him with him and Jamal is still there. Like, that all works. But defensively, that's going to take a lot of time. So, I don't... I I just... The, the individual defense is there. Jamal will get better. Uh, Jamal looks slow defensively, laterally. Uh, so, he's going to get better. He's not going to ever be a great defender. But he, he's been pretty bad individually, uh, which is normal to you know with his injury that he had. So, I like like I said, I, I think it's for really this whole team, not just Jamal. It is really a forty game preseason because you gotta at least especially defensively because you you've got to get used to playing and trusting your teammates, even if. You know, Bruce Brown is great defensively and KCP is great defensively. You got to learn how to trust them defensively. Uh, you, you need that chemistry, not just offensively, but defensively. So, you know, that that's going to take some time. Uh, when you look at the individual pieces, it makes up for a really good defensive team. I don't think they're going to be top five. Maybe, you know, the second half of the season, you want to be in the top 10. Um but overall this year, I, I get like the last two champions have been, you know, top 10 in offense and top 10 in defense, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I don't think that's that doesn't happen every year. Right. That's not like out of the last hundred years that 99 of them, is, you know, I've had a top 10 offense, top 10 defense. 
maybe quite a few of them. But I also think that because it's a long season, it is going to, it, it, it can, it can fluctuate. It can, especially when you have so many new additions to it, it can take time. So, um, for me, it's just, it's just learning for, for all of them. It's, it's learning about these new guys, right? It's learning where they like the ball offensively, um, trusting them defensively, figuring out what their weaknesses are and, and learning how to cover that up. So, uh, and then DeAndre Jordan didn't play in the last game. I thought he should have played. Uh, I get Malone wanted to get Zeke in there and then he got hurt. Um, but I think DeAndre Jordan has earned that and solidified that backup center role. Um, so, you know, that that's part of it too, is that they had no rim protection uh, against the Thunder. Uh, I, I think you, you got to have DeAndre Jordan in there. So, I mean, they'll figure it out. I, it's it's I it's kind of interesting looking at the minutes. Uh, Jamal played thirty three. The starters all played thirty or more, except for MPJ, which is kind of interesting. He only played twenty nine. Uh, but Bruce Brown played thirty two. Jeff Green played nineteen, and then no one else played more than eight minutes. So, obviously. Jordan didn't play bones didn't play. Um, but Christian Brown hasn't, has barely played last couple of games. I don't know what happened there. I don't know. I feel like the last couple of games have really been on Malone. I don't, I don't understand the rotations. Kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I hope you're right. I mean, again, we're only eight games in, so, you know, I'm, I'm probably more of the panicker of the two. Which, I mean, look uh, at the if you look at the LA game. I mean, Jamal played thirty-two, Jokic played thirty-six, MPJ again the only starter to not play thirty. Bruce Brown played twenty-eight, DeAndre Jordan played twelve, Green played seventeen, Brown only played thirteen. I I, I thought we were keeping Jamal under thirty. What happened? So that's <laughs> that really is expect that to happen. Well, it, I mean, it's he's been it's been fine. That's what I don't get. I think this was one of those where Nuggets wanted to win. Jamal was cooking, so I even think they said it on the broadcast. Probably not going to be any minutes restriction tonight. <laughs> there, there wasn't. So yeah, I mean, I get look in both games he played well, so I I get it. But at the same time, like we're, let's not run him into the ground. Um, by the way, real quick, just going back to Jamal. Uh, if you look at his per 36, uh, so per game right now, he's averaging 15, uh, three rebounds, three assists in 27 minutes. In the, the last the last season, uh, well, two seasons ago, he played 48 games, averaged 35 minutes, averaged 21 a game, uh, four rebounds, 4.8 assists. His best year statistically in the regular season. You look at his per 36 this year. Um, well, real quick, he's shooting worse, only 41% from the field instead of 40, almost 48. Uh, from three, he shot 41% basically from uh, two years ago. He's only shooting 39% this year. Uh, and on twos, he's only shooting 43% this year. Two years ago, he shot 52%. From the free throw line, he shot 87%. Uh, this year, he's shooting 69%. So all of his shooting percentages are way down. But if you look at his per 36, 
compared to 21 points per game in 2020, 2021. This year is per 36, 20 points per game, uh, four rebounds, four assists. So it's essentially the same numbers. Uh, and he's shooting way worse. So once Jamal gets his shooting numbers up, which it will go up, uh, I think he's going to be right around that 24-25 range for 36. Yeah. He's, he's been really good. He's, he'll get there. I, I, I know we were a bit nervous. Like, will we ever see Jamal get there? He'll get there. I'm pretty confident now that he'll get there. Yeah. I mean, if, as long as they're smart about, you know, managing his injury and his minutes. And yeah, I have no doubt. I mean, we, like I said, I, one thing we talked about too, when he did go down with the injury, I was never afraid so much that he wouldn't get back to the play because he's not, if this was Ja Morant or, you know, Zion, uh, guys who rely on their athleticism, that's their mm. primary skill, then I'd be terrified. Jamal right. was never that. Now he's, he's Also, he's athlete, only 24. Which is kind of insane to me. Um, if he was, right. if he was an athlete like that, 25, sorry. then I would have been scared. But Jamal's a skilled shooter. Um, who can get to the basket. So I was never in fear of like... Well, and his bounce insane. looks fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, he threw reverse down on Lou Dort. So. And he already has, what, three contact dunks yeah. this year? So, like, goodness. I think he's, I think he's fine. Um, yeah, no, I mean, individual defense, we'll see. Team defense, we'll see. Um, two stats that were kind of um, shocking to me uh, is... Well, not shocking. But the Nuggets, I think, are 11th right now in like offensive rating, um, which feels like that could be higher. Um, it probably will go be higher up. at some point. Um, did you also know that the Denver Nuggets, probably for the first time as my time as a fan, are leading the league in three-point shooting percentage? Mm-hmm. That Thank you, MPJ. <laughs> That's, well, not only that, that I mean, Bruce Brown, most of it is him. KCP. Um, I mean, I think all those guys are shooting above 48% from three right now. Mm-hmm. So well, they're, all their shots are open. Why? Well, Nicole Jokic. They, they've hit some tough ones. Like Bruce Brown's hitting some tough ones too. Like there's some that he takes where I'm like, eh, I don't know if I love that. And he knocks it down. I'm like, well, okay, well, sure. I mean, if you can make those. And he was a 40% three-point shooter last year. Now, do I think they'll continue to shoot like 50-something percent from three all year? Absolutely not. That's just unsustainable. Well, did you see MPJ what he said? Uh, the, well, about his shooting percentage? Yeah, he thinks he can shoot 50% for a season. Oh, yeah, well, I, I believe that. To be yeah. fair, he shot 75% uh, in high school. Yes, yeah, and I believe that. So? Well, part no. of that, too, is, you know, he's probably 6'7 in high school, 6'8, and yeah. the kids guarding him are 5'7. So, but still, I mean, shooting that over doesn't, you don't there. shoot 75% from no, three. No, he, he has the stroke, and I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if he's at or close to 50%. I think the Nuggets shooting percentage will dip eventually, but I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they're low forties for yeah. as a team for the season, which would be incredible. Um, well, Nikola Jokic, uh, I think he, I he's going to average a uh, triple double. I'll say it now he's averaging eight games uh, in. He's averaging triple double. Yeah, well, this season he will. He's so, averaging nine assists right now. Couple games where he had only six uh, against the Lakers and against Utah. Other than that, though. He's had um, when he had a near miss against I think the Lakers the first or some yeah some he had game. so he had fourteen against the Thunder nine the first game against the Lakers nine against Portland thirteen against OKC the first time ten against Golden State 
He's averaging nine nine point one on the year. Um, yeah, he's gonna and as Jamal gets more comfortable, um, you know when Bones is back and, and whatnot. Yeah, he. I think he's averaging a triple double this year. We're gonna see a game where he has ten points, twenty assists, twenty rebounds. I mean, he flirts with that every night. It seems like at least on the scoring side of the spectrum of, of just not wanting to score. And I'm, I'm glad you just yeah. brought up Jokic so we can just get into him because a lot of people are kind of concerned. Um, and he did break, obviously, Will Chamberlain, Chamberlain's triple-double record for a center. He's at 79. Um, previous record was 78, so awesome for him. Um, and, but a lot of people are like, you know, we're not really seeing Nikola score. Um, it doesn't seem like he's as aggressive historically, and I think we've gone through this in years past, he starts season slow. And it seems like usually, oddly enough, like November is kind of like his worst month, I think. <laughs> because really, that's really the first month of the season. Because you start late October. But usually, his his start to seasons kind of suck. And then kind of like mid-December, January, he gets it rolling. I think that plays a role into it, but then also the fact that he has MPJ back, he has Jamal back, he doesn't have to take all the shots anymore. And like I said, it's always it seems like an inconvenience at times to get him to shoot the ball. Um, I'm not worried about Jokic, but there is moments where like in games, and he did this the other night though, where I, I felt he did a really good job. He he got aggressive with with OKC. Like there was a stretch where he's like, okay, I need to score now, and then he just put it, you know, Muscala in a, a blender and was just pounding him and got him in foul trouble and got to the line a bunch. But there's still times with Nicola where I'm just like, ah, do something. Like, be you. <laughs> and especially this year more so, I'm just getting more angry at him on the defensive end. Like, I feel like now more than ever, his, his contesting, and he's never been a shot blocker by any means. But his contest, some of these layups that he just lets happen at the rim, I'm just like, man, like you're telling me you can't give a, a even a finger on the ball? Like you're right there, and guys are just well, laying it up on him. I don't know. I'm not I, worried I think, about Nicola, but like, there's just, I, I just think this just falls under. Nicola starts slow, he'll be fine. That possibly, but here's the other thing. Um, I think he's trying to pace himself. Oh, I think so because too. Yeah. because the last the last few playoffs he's really and obviously he's had to do a lot especially in the regular season the last two years but um once he gets to the playoffs I mean he's wiped out so he's he's pacing himself I'm not concerned because I know even in the years where Nicola didn't play well in the regular season or just ha you know was kind of like this uh in the postseason ended up averaging 27 13 and eight so. You know, and I, and I think I have a different mindset, too, of where it's almost like when the Broncos had Peyton. And I was like, none of this regular season prep matters. Because in the playoffs, I trust them. I trust Peyton to to get them going. Um, you know, I, I trust that they are. It's OK to take nights off. Because I trust that they'll show up every game in the playoffs. And that's where I'm at with Nicola. I trust. Um, I trust that he will show up in the playoffs. Yeah, he's built that equity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't, especially with the wrist injury, because that's obviously bothering him. 
Yeah, he had it taped um, up again on, on Friday. Yeah. So I get he doesn't want to sit out. So if he's not going to sit out, I don't mind him taking these nights where he's not shooting more than 10 shots a game. It's almost like he's playing to be out there because he wants to play and he wants to help the team win and he can help the team win. He knows he can help them win in other ways. Well, just by being out there. Just by being out there, right. Being a decoy. Um, so he knows that. Malone knows that. But he can take these nights where, okay, I'm going to take this night off shooting-wise, rest my wrist, but at the same time, I can... I can create for others and I can impact the game in more ways than one, even without shooting. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not worried about He's averaging 20, 11 and nine. Like we're talking, like we're, we're acting like, cause that, that first, that first, that, that one against Portland really pissed me off. Cause he only took four shots. Uh, and then I kind of took a step back and I'm like, he's averaging 20, 11 and nine. Like, well, in that Portland game too. To be fair, he got he got in foul trouble, but some of those fouls too were pretty trash. Yeah, he was frustrated. But I mean, yes, like it's that's the thing. It's funny because we always have to come back to that. Like, it feels like Nicole is not playing well, and then you look at his stats, and you're like, if that's if that's not playing well for him, for another guy, that's yeah. Oh, okay, like go for it. 27, 6, and 4. Okay, only four rebounds against Utah that first game. Jesus. All right. 26, 12, and 10. 19, 16, and 13. 9, 9, and 9. 31, 13, and 9. 12, 10, and 6. Okay. They won by 16. Uh, 23, 14, and 6. 15, 14, and 13. He's fine. He's fine. Um... I'm not worried about it, but uh, I am worried about the wrist. Yeah. That's that's the that's the one thing, and and if he thinks he can heal that wrist by still playing, fine. I just I don't know if like taking a week off would help. You know, like yeah, because they don't. I I just if if you can find a week where maybe they don't play that much. Uh, and there, it's not a really against great teams. Um, then I would, I would rest him. Well, I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be this coming up stretch because um, they have San Antonio twice. And say what you want about San Antonio, they're kind of like Utah well. right now. They're yeah. they're scrappy. Um, so you have a home and away with San Antonio. You have Indiana, so that's kind of like it should be just one of those throwaway games that you can put away early. I got but, one. I got a week from the 22nd to the 2nd of, of no, November, November to December, December 2nd. So you've got no, November 22nd. You got Detroit at home. November 23rd is a second of a back-to-back uh, at OKC. Um, and then two days later, you're at LA. And then you got Houston back-to-back. Um and then you, so those one, two, three, four, five games that week, that's a lot of games in a one week. Rest them. And honestly, you should be able to beat Houston twice. Um, and you can beat Detroit. You should be able to go three and two in those five games, even without Jokic. And if you go two and three, no big deal. Uh, 
That that's the week where I would rest him. I mean, maybe you rest him on the back to back. No, I I, I would I would take him out for a week if the wrist is bothering him. I take well, him out for a week. We have no indication that it's bothering him. I mean, he well, taped he, it. He taped again, it. But, I mean, he's not saying anything. And he's not, not shooting well. Anything. No. He's not shooting well. well. These past couple of years, he hasn't been shooting well from three. So. Well, he's not even shooting well from the free throw line. What was he at like 70s, low 70s, mid 70s? Yeah. It's bothering him. Which I don't, I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows what it is. I would assume if it was a tear, they would have already done something to it by now. So I don't think it's anything like that. Um, now, if it's a sprain, I mean, I don't, I don't know how long you need a wrist sprain to heal, but I can't imagine continuously playing with it. Is I open? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm not worried for about him in the sense like, oh, he doesn't have like. They were talking about, I think it was on like the DMVR podcast or something like that. Uh, one of the post-game shows. Like, does, some people are questioning, like, does Jokic have it anymore? I'm like, does he have it anymore? Like, what's, he's, he didn't age 10 years. Like, yeah. of course he still has it. I just think there's just circumstances we have to take into account with who Jokic is. What he does historically to start season slow. He's got these guys back. We know he's more, he would prefer to pass rather than score. It, from his mouth alone, he says he gets more joy out of you know, assisting than scoring because when you assist, two guys are happy. When you score, you're the only one that's happy. So, I mean, he, he preferred to set up rather than be the yeah. guy that spikes. Well, and, and here's the thing. Out of the eight games, they've played eight games this year. He's been the leading scorer in four of them. He's been the leading rebounder in six of them. And he's been, he's had the most assists in all of them. So... Like, yeah, I mean, that's what he did last year. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think it's, just, about here. it's just a lighter load for him. And, and like you said, I think he's he is pacing himself. I think he he knows what's going to be required of him coming down the stretch and into the playoffs. I'm sure he knows they're going to have to see one of Golden State, Clippers, Phoenix. They're going to they're going to have to see one or maybe two of those teams if they want to mm-hmm. get ultimately to where they want to go. So, yeah, I, I think he's pacing himself. Um, and and even that being said, like, there's five and three. They're sitting at the sixth seed right now. But the one seed is Portland at six and two. So it, the West is a complete logjam. So is the East. But everybody is smushed in between that four to six win range. So I'm sure there'll be some distance created. But we'll see. San Antonio tonight, and it's not an easy game. The one, also, I was in this last night, the one thing that makes me nervous, their point differential is minus one. They're the only one, the only team in the top seven in the West right now that has a a negative point differential. Mm -hmm. To be fair, the Clippers have a minus 3.9, so, but Dallas has a plus six, New Orleans plus six, Memphis plus one and a half, Utah plus four, Phoenix plus ten, Portland plus three. Yeah. So that so that's defense. concerning. <laughs> defense has not been good. Yeah. So, so, but again, Golden State has a minus four. Like. Yeah, I, but I, you I know. don't think I don't think anybody's counting. Like, is anybody really gonna go on record and be like, ah, yeah, Golden State's not making it this year? Right. Exactly. So, but you know what? I will say this: I do feel better about the Nuggets making it to the finals this year. 
that I do think Golden State is slightly worse. I think Draymond's slightly worse. I think Clay is slightly worse. I don't think Jordan Poole is getting better. Um, and the young guys are still too young. Uh, and I'm not scared of Phoenix. Um, I'm not ready to make any any decisions yet on Golden State. Um, I just think they just have a weird off-the-court cloud hanging over them right now. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a And that's not going away with. unless they trade Draymond. No, no. Well, I, I just don't. And then I'll make the team worse. Bad. But I think they're just going to have to find a way to just live with what happened. Yeah. Um, so, so eh. getting through that, I still think that once once they're there, they'll they'll turn the switch on. Yeah. Um, and here's uh, also uh, just a guess. I think KD is going to be a Phoenix Sun by uh, by when DeAndre Ayton can be traded, which I believe is February. Uh, I think I thought you can't trade a guy when you you so. have. You, I think you have ninety days. You can't trade for ninety days or something like that. Are you sure? I thought you couldn't sign a trade a guy the first year of his. I thought it was a certain amount of days. I don't know. I mean, I have been seeing that from some. He's of the- eligible to be traded on January fifteenth. I think Kevin Durant will be a Phoenix Sun by the end of the year. So f- Phoenix at six and two, tied for first in the West. Well, they're second, but. Tied record-wise with Portland, who, by the way, Portland, um, at first in the West. You think they they blow that up? They they need KD. I, I watched that game against Portland last night. All you have to do is double book. That's it. Double book or they can't beat you. Um, I don't they know they don't have anyone else who can create. Chris Paul, it looks... Old. Well, create no. and he and he looked bad in the playoffs last year. So, but I mean, they didn't they didn't have anybody the past couple years. I'm telling you, and and, and late in that fourth, all Phoenix or all Portland did was double Booker, and they couldn't score. Booker made a couple of an insanely tough shots, but they were insanely tough. I mean, did they struggle shooting from three? Because Cam Johnson's been playing really well this year. Well, Cam Johnson got hurt, oh, um, he? so he only he only played five minutes. But do? even, um, I don't know. I didn't see what happened, um, but he only played five minutes. Oh, I didn't know that. The Chris Paul is shrugged. He looks old. Like, he fell off a cliff old. Um, uh... DeAndre Ayton looks good. But again, he's so limited to what he can do offensively. I think they're trading for Kevin Durant. I think that's the trade that, because Jay Crowder Crowd is just sitting at home. Um... I think they're going to trade. Uh, see, if I were them, I would try and hold on to Cam. I don't think they'd be able to. Or, well, no, I think it'd be Bridges. Bridge, By the way, Bridges stinks offensively. He's terrible. He's so bad. Um, I, I would go Aiton, Bridges, Jay Crowder, Picks, go get Katie. That's what they're going to do. They won't have any depth, but... As the team is currently constructed, it's not going to work. Um, so it looks like Cam Johnson injured his right knee. He's out tonight because they play the Blazers, which is really weird, back-to-back. Um, doesn't say what he did, but it doesn't sound like it's anything super serious. Obviously, and even then, he was back. averaging 14 a game. I mean, Cam so Johnson not looks like- good this year. In the games that I've watched Phoenix, he looks good. Oh um, yeah, he's been he's been fine. He had twenty nine against Minnesota. It, it's he 
It's been um, it's almost like watching Aaron Gordon. Like it, it's inconsistent, right? It's up and down. Obviously, he's a better offense player than Aaron Gordon. But what I mean is just his point production. It's just it's fifteen, five, eleven, nine. You know what I mean? Like it drops. Um, I, I I like Kim Johnson too. I'm just saying that I don't think he's more. I just I think the only real creator on that offense, shot creator, is Booker. Yeah. And you need to, at minimum, if you're going to win in the playoffs, minimum, I think you need three. One off the bench, two on your starting lineup. I don't, I don't, I don't think they have a second one. Um, yeah. Chris I mean, Paul can create for others, but all people, what right now, what people are doing, they're sagging off Chris Paul. They're daring him to shoot. And if, if you do that, he can't pass. It's they're easy to stop, and 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 Dallas showed it last year in the playoffs. You double Booker, you force anyone else to beat you, and they can't because no one can create. I don't know. I mean, that's a. I mean, that's a dangerous game to. Listen, I thought their window has already passed, so I don't think that trading. Well, it's for dangerous KD going really... after KD, but what else do you do? You blow it up. You either you either go Utah's route. Or you try to go after KD and hope that KD and Book can win you one. Can they? If you can keep Cam Johnson, you roll out with Chris Paul, Cam, Book, KD, um, and then you elevate... Uh, who's their backup center right now? Uh, Bismack Biombo. Yeah, there you go. You start Biombo. Uh, who actually played well last night. I was actually pretty impressed with Biombo. Um even though he, he played, he barely played. Uh, but he played in the second half, uh, and I thought he actually looked fine. But uh, he had two blocks. Ooh, Chris um, Paul is shooting thirty five percent this year. I that yeah because he can't move. Like he looks, he looks slow. It's 24 just four from three. Weak. It's gone. Weak. It it you know we've we we say it all the time it. It happens fast. We started to see it in the playoffs last year. It it look can he get better throughout the year as he goes? Maybe. I just I think he's easy to stop at this point in his career. There's not much else he can really do. He's great in the pick and roll. Hmm. They shouldn't have signed him to that deal. No. But, no. You know, they were desperate so um i mean i don't know i don't like i said i think their window already passed so i thought the last two years was was their best shot um really the the year following the bubble was really their best shot like Mm -hmm. that's that's when they had to get it um but yeah and and remember when remember when uh they traded for chris paul and we got on here we're talking about it and remember when i said it's weird. It's going to be unfortunately like just bad timing for them because they got Chris Paul towards the end of his prime. Like he was still really good, but Book and Aiton were too young, right? And and then as and I said as Booker gets better and DeAndre gets better and they become the guys that they need him to become, Chris Paul's going to fall off cliff. Yeah, I mean it's happening. 
it really I, I do because I love Booker. I he's the only player on that team that I just I absolutely love. And I just I feel bad. No. I don't care about Torrey Craig. Um, I love Booker, and I just I feel bad because I think it's going to be just really unfortunate timing for him. I would say I, I, I think he I think he can win MVP this year. He's playing so so damn good. Maybe he's at like twenty seven. Honestly, if the and and if I were running the team, I would actually try and find a way to get anything for Chris Paul. But it's too late because now teams have seen him play. Um, and I, and after they got eliminated last year, I said like they should trade Chris Paul, um, and, and just let book and Aiden just run a two man game and like figure it out with them and get shooters. And here's the other thing. They don't have shooters. What do you mean? Cam Johnson like you like shooter? nuggets. Uh, He's a shooter. yeah. Okay. Bridges Who else? is a, is a, Bridges is not a shooter. He's no, a he, solid spot up shooter. He stinks offensively. I, uh, he shot two of three last night. He stinks stink. offensively. He's he limited. He can't really create. He's extremely limited. He, he can shoot an open three and he can get to the basket. But he's not. I mean, but to be fair, though, there's not a lot of creators in the NBA. No, I'm not talking about creators. I'm talking about just in general shooters. Well, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not clay, but he's not. Well, we are. But if you look at the rest of their team, Chris Paul can't shoot. Uh, right I don't trust Mikel Bridges. I, I like Cam. Okay, fine. You got Cam. You got Book. Off the bench, Dario Sarge, he can shoot once in a while, but he's struggling this year. Uh, Torrey Craig can't, can't shoot. Uh, Akoji, whoever that is. Uh, Bianca, we know who can't shoot. Campaign uh, can shoot. Shama can shoot a little bit. A little bit. He went one for five last night. Good for him. Okay. Uh, and he I like did. Damian Lee, but I mean, Damian Lee barely played for Golden State last year. So I, I just, they don't, and it's the same thing that happened last year. You double Booker. No one can, no one can shoot. Um, you're just limited. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting one. I, I just don't think KD... I mean, obviously, I, I think KD it, helps, but I don't think he puts them above anybody. No, I don't either. But I, well, all I'm saying is just I I think that's I, I for them. I don't I don't know what else they can do. But I mean, they're gonna have to give up Aiton and or Bridges or Cam Johnson. If I was the Nets, I want Bridges and I want DeAndre Aiton. That's fine. Take and then Bridges, if you do that, Andre though, and... you become an awful defensive team to your Phoenix. Yeah. Um, you have no rim protection. You lose your best perimeter defender. Cam Johnson can defend if you can keep him. But, I mean, even then, I mean, Booker's gotten better on that end. Okay, but on the flip side, yeah, sure, you can defend. You have individual defenders. But I can attack Chris Paul. Um, I can attack Booker. And off the bench, you don't really have anyone. No, so I mean, I just don't. Sure, like, that they don't have value, they don't have a lot of depth. They really don't. Well, I mean, losing now, Jay Crowder definitely really hurts them. I, I well, yeah, but even you don't have you already don't have a lot of depth now, and your starting group only has one guy who can create. Yeah, 
So if you're going to have no depth, go get a second guy who can create and probably the best in the league. How do you, um, how do you feel about Portland? Yeah. Is this fluky or is this, yeah. is this real? Cause I think, no. it's, I think it's, I think it's, it's, you know who they're a lot like, they're kind of a lot like, uh, Utah was. I think they're, they're definitely a good team. They're not a bad team. They're not a fluke no, they're in the sense a, that they're bad, but no. it won't work in the playoffs. Um, I like Anthony Simons. It, yeah, they that, have that this dude thing, is, but, but here's, here's the thing. It's the same thing as when they had CJ. Cause Simons is six foot three. Dame is six one. You're undersized. They can't, neither of them can play defense. Nurkic is the most inconsistent yeah. center in the league. Jeremy Grant's been playing really well for them. Jeremy Grant's really good, but Josh Hart's been a good pickup too. Like they're a good Shaden team, Sharp. and I I do like Shaden Sharp. I thought that was a great pick for them, but it's gonna. I mean, he's nineteen. I, I don't know. Simons, Simons is this year's Jordan Poole because he's blowing up. Like when I was watching, who were they playing the other night? Portland. They were playing somebody on prime time, and I think they ended up losing that game. Oh, it was um, it was Memphis is who they were playing, and Simons had a stretch like he did against the Nuggets. To where he just he just went off. Yeah, he, he had thirty one and eight. He was just bucket, bucket, bucket. And I'm like, man. yeah. I mean, he he's averaging tw- it's it's literally CJ McCollum, uh, six I foot three, twenty two points per game, three rebounds, three assists. It's literally CJ McCollum. Physically, may, maybe, but they they score differently. They score differently. CJ's more methodical, more of a mid range worker, crafty. Anthony Simons is more of the Damian Lillard mold, where he's just gonna pff, let it launch and it goes sure, in. okay, but. I just I defensively they're a mess. Um, I don't know if they're a mess. I think they're well, because you can attack. You can well, but you. What I mean though is, I'm what I'm doing if I'm the Nuggets is I'm saying okay, well you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to guard Jamal. You're not gonna be even able to guard KCP. Like good luck. I'm putting the ball in KCP and Jamal's hands and saying attack those two. Well, I think in that game they had. I know Grant played Jamal. Um, and then I think Josh Hart was on MPJ, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe yeah, I mean, look, I, I I know Portland beat them, but I, Jokic took four shots too. So like, when he got in foul trouble, and they, they, that's a game. That if they're winning that game at halftime, um, it right. gets cut right before they go into halftime to I think like four or six. Jokic comes out, gets his like third or fourth foul, so he has to sit, and then Simon just blows up. Right. Um. So, I think I think Portland's going to be a tough out this year. They're a really good no, team. No, I, I just think they're the same team that they've always been. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have That's to see point. it in, in the playoffs. Um, I have not watched too much of Memphis, but it looks like pretty much the same group. I mean, Desmond yep. Bain, really good. Ja, obviously, we know what he can do. Um, New Orleans is the one I really want to watch more of it just sucks because the last few primetime games they have been on they haven't had everybody zion's been out ingram's been out but they had them last night and um did they play the warriors last night they cooked the warriors so yeah i don't know um the west is interesting and then you have, obviously you have dallas there Kawhi is still not playing consistently I don't know what, I yeah i don't know what's going on <laughs> Kawhi. What is what is happening with That's Kawhi? That's a really weird situation. I mean, it's yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know what Kawhi's doing. Last update I saw is he's not 
playing. Um, frustrated Kawhi won't join the Clippers on their trip. That was five days ago. I don't know. Maybe he's he's having some setbacks. Maybe he's having pain. I, I have no idea. I mean, good news for the, for the Nuggets. I'll take it. Let them kind of flounder at the bottom. Let them be a six or seven seed and have to face Phoenix early or Golden State if they turn it on. I don't know. The West is interesting. And then, of course, on the other side, you have Milwaukee, who's just dominating without Chris Middleton. Yeah, Cleveland, Milwaukee's good. Seven and one, really good. Oh. So it's gonna be fun. Really looks fun like game. a mess. Uh, I mean, that's what happens when you have James Harden on you. Yeah, and it, it's not going to get any better with James being out for a month. Yeah. So, I mean, Philly's 10th seed right now at 4-6. and six. I mean, I don't know what their schedule's looking like, but, I mean, there's a chance that they could be about five-ish games under 500. I mean, they got Phoenix Monday. You got a home and away with Atlanta. Utah, Milwaukee, Minnesota. Minnesota, by the way. I saw I saw a, uh, a snippet of Rudy Gobert taking a three last night, and he airballed it. I was like, oh, man. What is Tim Conley doing, man? What was he thinking? I don't get that. I don't get that at all. That was that was questionable. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Nuggets play tonight, though. I think it's at seven against the Spurs at home. Then they have San Antonio again on uh, Sunday or Monday, I think, in San Antonio. So we'll see. Uh, anything else that you'd like to get to before we call it a show? Nope. I'm going to go uh, play with my puppy. All right. That's going to do it for us. For Brandon Stoll on the other side, his puppy, Nikola Jokic. I'm Steve Bruce <laughs> Jr. This has been the Behind the Class Sports Podcast. Yeah.